If you're looking to save some money at MotoXXX.com, you can use the code PULPMXXX. PULPMXXX to save at MotoXXX.com. So there's a discount code for you just uh, for uh, enjoying this podcast. So don't forget, use the code at MotoXXX.com. Get yourself some merch. Get yourself in the Wayback Machine and uh, use the code. Save some money. All right, here we go. Before we get too far on the Fly Racing Racer X Soundcheck podcast with Jordan Burns, don't forget about Race Tech. Pulp 21 is the code to save with Race Tech. They do motors, they do suspension work, they work for a lot of privateers in the sport. They have suspension seminar videos or classes, I should say, in Corona, California. They have uh, Race Tech service outlets all across the country. Uh, get your suspension working right or just get it serviced, please. It'll work right if it's been serviced. So if you haven't got it serviced for a while, get bushings, get seals, get oil. And please, help your bike help you. Pulp 21, the code to save with Racetech.com. All right, on to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Jordan Burns, a sound check episode where Jordan and I go through his favorite 90s punk era songs from videos, uh, from the motocross videos over the years. Interesting uh, uh, to hear him pick some of the ones that uh, yeah, you may not think about. Uh, that certainly, the 90s was a cool time for videos, and people uh, really, really enjoyed them, myself included. Of course, I was around when Triple X launched. That was my first year as a mechanic as well. So I have fond memories of being around that type of music and the video scene and, and all of that stuff from back then. And I'm sure if you're of a certain age, you uh, you'll enjoy it too. And then I gave Jordan a few of my own picks at the very end of this as well. So uh, three songs that I couldn't believe that he didn't put on his list. I uh, hope you enjoy this. Really appreciate it. Thank you to Fly Racing, Justin Brayton wearing Fly Racing, Shane McElrath, Joey Savacci. Uh, all wearing all wearing uh, Fly Racing, Max Anstey as well. Uh, go to motorsport.com and check out all the greatest stuff from Fly Racing. They've got brand new Evo limited line out as well. Flyracing.com, please. Check them out. Formula helmet, it's lightweight, it's safe, and um, it's quiet, and it's super, super comfy. And they've got a few different shells and price points as well uh, for that. But same great prices uh, and same great safety features as well so fly racing flyracing.com they got the fr5 boots even they got the zone pro goggle brayton's going to run the goggle this year so you know it's good uh please check those guys out also renthal uh whether it's chains uh whether it's uh, sprockets grips bars they got seven eights bars still the old trusty seven eights they got twin wall bars they got the fat bar fat bar 36 whatever it is renthal will have a bar for you that uh, will make you happy and work very well as uh, of course and if you're listening to this Man, I don't know how many how many people listen to this. 
have not used something from Renthal over the years, man. Uh, gray grips, chains, grip glue, um, sprockets, whatever. Uh, Renthal.com, the most trusted brand in the paddock today. Factory Kawasaki, Factory Honda, never used anything other than Renthal. KTM as well, Renthal a team. So you look at the championships, you look at the riders that are grabbing life by the bars, and it's uh, certainly uh, a few of them running Renthal. Also, thanks to the folks at Max's Tires, MXSTs, developed by some guy named Jeremy McGrath and uh, the SGB Max's Honda team, Cade and A-Ray and Kessler and Luke Nice, uh, just to name a few. Uh, please check that out, um, Maxxis.com, light truck tires, mountain bike tires. They'll, they'll have it all for you. And uh, if you haven't thought about Max's for a while for tires, uh, I beg you to start thinking about Max's and check out their website and see what they got and see what works for you because they support the sport. They support this podcast and many other things in racing. Cobalt Links and Motorsport.com we'll talk about a little more later on in the show. But for now, it's uh, myself and Jordan Burns reminiscing through the 90s. Here we go. Now, as promised on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, uh, a good friend of mine for a long time. I once worked for him at Moto Triple X, and, of course, he was once in the band called Strung Out, still an accomplished uh, punk musician. It's Jordan Burns. What's up, Jordan? How are you, man? Hey Steve, how's it going, man? Good to uh, good to hear from you, and uh, yeah, all is good. Good, we're uh, we're doing some favorite uh, songs from Moto videos over the years. Um, I, I I I gave you this task, and I just said one caveat: you cannot pick all Moto Triple X bands and Moto Triple X videos. That was my only my only rule for you. You know, it was it was difficult to to go against that one because obviously. Uh, I'm going to be a, a tiny bit biased, with, especially when it comes to music and moto. But uh, you know, I've I followed your rules. I, I did I did some homework and and uh, you know had a flashback on a bunch of different videos and uh, you know went went outside the box. I, I had to go with five Moto Triple X, and then I went five outside the box. Okay, yeah, yeah that'll work. Um, hey, so. Uh, um the strung out band that you were in for a long time. Uh, you parted ways with them and you were doing a, a pulley. It sounds like pulley was one of your deals. Uh, what else has been going on? Like, do you, do you play music anymore? Are you doing anything? Are you keeping busy? Um, you know, I'm keeping fairly busy, but, uh, or, or not busy at all either way. But, um, you know, the, the whole thing with the band, uh, I was in the band 25 years mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I was in Pulley for, I don't know, the first three albums, so I haven't played in that band in a long time. But uh, now, uh, December 31st actually marks exactly four years of being out of the band. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it hasn't been a bad thing. And, you know, I kind of look at it like I had a long-ass run. Yeah, I traveled the world. I, I went all over the world. Played to tons of people. Uh, my drumming has been and continues to be uh, super respected, which is a great feeling. And uh, yeah, I haven't really done anything musical. And and a lot of people ask, like, are you getting in a new band? Blah blah blah. And it's like hey, the the grind of getting in a new band, especially in the current times. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm just I'm just not too into it. Right. So. Um, you know, I'll get on my drums, play, go on my Instagram live or something. Fans will come on there and play this song, play that song. And, uh, and that's kind of fun. But yeah, and I've jammed out with a couple of friends a few times and it's fun, but yeah, nothing serious. Right. 
Um, financially, uh, financially wise, uh, obviously, you know, you get sales of the records that were going on, but you're not touring. And, you know, I don't imagine those sales are, are crushing it um, these days where nobody sells albums anymore and CDs. How does that work for you? Do you is, have you done enough and put enough away where you're okay? You're, you don't need to, um, you know, go find a band or you don't need to take to the streets? Well, you know, uh, I mean, most recently I, I, I had to sell one of my Ferraris. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> like, that was just, like, super crushing to me. I'm like, oh, my God, you know. Right. But, uh no, uh, fortunately, uh, throughout my life, I've, I've I've been a good saver. Yeah, and um, and whatever. I mean, if we're getting into the financial end of it, uh, you know, the band the band did pretty good, and we definitely made a living out of the band. Mm-hmm. We're lucky to do so. Uh, did we get rich? Were we the offspring? Were we no effects? No. Right. Uh, but but it was pretty good, and. Uh, and you know, I'm fortunate to have this whole Motor Triple X thing back to myself, um, and I, I'm just kind of trying to plug away at that. I don't know if I'm doing the greatest job at it, but uh, but you know, there's there's a bunch of sales coming in from that still, and I just you know, I kind of need to get more on top of it with things and with new product and all that type of stuff. But uh, you know, to answer your question, um, I'm all right. Good, good. Uh, yeah, so absolutely the uh, the drumming was good to you, as they say, over the years. Uh, Moto Triple X, of course, you can go there and get some merch. Um, the long the name, of course, has been around uh, in our industry for a long time. And uh, um, lots of things, uh, exciting things going on with you guys over the years with that and, of course, the race team everything else. Going back to this sound check episode, um, what a what a special time. In moto, you, you the the mid '90s, late '90s uh, videos, crusty uh, and Terra Firma, and of course Moto Triple X, and and you sent me a bunch that I I had forgotten about uh, moto videos, but m- really real cool time in our sport. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, this kind of flashed me back to our beginnings, and you know when me and and Smelly, you know, Eric Sandens, no effects drummer, uh, you know, back to the time where we decided we wanted to make a video. And, uh, you know, that basically, honestly, it came out of, it came out of watching that Jeremy McGrath Showtime video, I think, yeah, yeah. if I recall right. And we're like, holy shit, this video is so fucking embarrassing. Uh, you know, just it was like infomercials and stuff. And we were used to the whole, you know, skate, surf, snowboarding videos that were out of control. But, um, you know, it just takes me back to the time when we started and nobody knew about punk rock in the motocross scene. And it just hadn't hit yet. And with our video, you know, not to pat ourselves on the back, but mm-hmm. I, I like to think that we pretty much firsthand introduced punk rock music to the motor world. And um, so, yeah, my head gets stuck in the 90s quite a bit, especially with the brand. And, and uh, yeah, music, music really made... Um, you know, made a mark mm-hmm. in the motor world in the uh, the early '90s, and a lot of bands got popular through the motor world, yeah. including ours. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So, 
There's no doubt what you said is true. Uh, a lot of motocross people had their eyes opened up and ears opened up to a new type of music that, you know, they wouldn't necessarily listen to, myself included. Um, you know, I, that some of the, the Moto Triple X original soundtrack stuff I still listen to all the time, and I'm still into it. Do you think, was there a general consensus? So, you know, obviously uh, Eric is a mutual friend of ours at No Effects, and, and you were in Strung Out, and Lagwagon, and those other bands. Are you... Are, in your eyes, is there no doubt that these bands knew that this sport called Supercross, Motocross, was helping them and getting getting people exposed to them? Did they? Did these bands have an idea of that? Obviously, you knew that, and you were telling your guys that strung out that, and Eric was telling No Effects guys that. But you think it, generally in the punk community, it was it was known. My gut feeling uh, is no, no. You know, <laughs> that I, I I don't think they knew because. So many of those bands just were were not in touch with the sport, you know. So, for instance, with our first soundtrack, those bands when we put them out, and you know, because we we also were able to put out the uh, the soundtrack CD at that time, mm-hmm. and then you know we were telling the bands about it, and all the bands were like kind of freaking out, going, "Oh, this is sick!" and you know, badass. Yep. Unfortunately. We knew all the bands, so we had all the support for uh, for using the music and stuff like that. So, right. yeah, it started gaining bands that would have never been heard, uh, gaining them fans, you know? Like, people were tuning into their music and stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it was pretty bitching how, how it definitely started giving exposure to these bands, you know? Like, yeah. who... <laughs> I mean... Who would have heard of fifty nine times the pain from Sweden? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. You know, right. right. Um, so yeah, and there's multiple examples of that for sure. So yeah, I, I do like to think that you know the motor world was giving and Moto Triple X was giving these bands uh, exposure that they wouldn't have had. You know, not saying that it made and made or break them. Yeah, but definitely gave them extra boost. Now, I think there's. There's no. Do you think what was the biggest moto video of all time? Krusty one, one of the Terra Firmas. What do you think, selling wise? Moto Triple X one for sure. Come on, it <laughs> was. Um, I don't know. It has to be Krusty, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard official numbers. But yeah, yeah. It's quite possible. It's weird because I'll relate this stuff to uh, to record sales or whatever. You yeah. know, like a gold record's five hundred thousand, platinum's a million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, so how many did they sell? I mean, who knows? Yeah. Pussy Demons got such a big jump. You know, with that. I mean, with the whole Seth crash and everything, and the vibe that they got. It's like their. I believe their sales went you know through the roof. Our sales. Went really well too, but yep. Uh, you know, I I think we probably did with the first movie somewhere in the sixty thousand range. Right, right. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely one of the bigger ones. The original Triple X. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, there's no doubt that. But I I don't know. I've never heard the accurate right. real numbers of yeah. what either of those movies, Terra Firma or Yep, Crusty uh, sold. But uh, I think Crusty definitely outsold. Terra Firma and Moto Triple X. When you're in the editing bay, Kurt Haller is in the editing bay, uh, you know, <laughs> making the new Moto Triple X video. How much, uh, I imagine you and Eric 
are telling the telling him here's some music to check out here's what has to be in the video here's what i want in the video here how does the process of selecting music for each version of moto triple x come about like you probably had your buddies lobbying you to put their band in there uh and then you guys had your own favorites that you felt fit the the mood or the or the or the whatever was going on the screen at the time how did you pick which band and which songs would go in the movies that's kind of tough to answer i i i uh I, my my immediate thought to, to that question is a lot of arguing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet, right? That's what I think of immediately. Of, of any time that the three of us were were in the editing room together back in the day. Yeah. I mean, you know, because it was mostly Kirk, right? Uh, AKA Haas, that uh, you know that did all the editing. Right. Of course, later on, Schweitzer would come in and help with that and stuff, but. Me, me and Eric weren't actually hands-on in the editing, editing, but we were definitely hands-on in introducing the music. But right. Kurt was kind of in tune with that already because he was making snowboard videos before. Ah, you know, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had already been using, like, my band and all these other punk bands in, in his uh, snowboard videos. So, yep. you know, it's, it's an art, right? It's an art, and you have to... Pick the music that is going to go along with uh, with the writing that you put together, yeah. and and and, yep. and have, have certain things click on certain points, and and uh, so I don't know. It was kind of a collaborative effort, and everyone introducing new music and stuff like that. But right. I think Kurt was probably the ultimate decider of you know, like yeah, this is going to work great. What? Yeah, I, I would think so, right? Although, I mean, there has to be a strung out song in each one, and there has to be a no effects song, correct? I mean, just, you would hope. I mean, yeah. <laughs> of course, it was like that in in the beginning for yeah. sure, because uh, and especially for me, I mean, no effects was definitely a bigger band and is and always mm. will be a bigger band. But for me, back then, I was just a fucking motohead punk rocker, and my. 100% goal was promote the band through Moto. I wanted to, you know, and my the guys in the band never understood it or never appreciated it, and I, I can go on about that too, but uh, I, I think it really worked. I mean, I think we gained thousands and thousands of fans through, you know, motocross videos, motocross games, uh, soundtracks, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so you guys, uh, you guys did a concert one time after Glen Helen practice day for the national. I remember that we went, we went to some place in San Bernardino. You know, uh, yeah, you guys we, played. Did, uh, we did all sorts of moto things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, I mean, that shit was all one hundred percent me. Everything that we did, motocross wise, and and the frustrating part about it is, you know. Not talking shit or throwing them under the bus or whatever, but they just never gave a fuck about Moto, and they never backed me on Moto Triple X. They never came to the races once. Uh, just it would be frustrating, you know. It would just be all about like how much are we getting paid? Yeah. So to me, I saw the bigger picture, and I really, I really think, like I said, we just made 
shitloads of fans through the moto world. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I, I, I would agree. I, I mean, again, I, I'm from Canada. I wasn't exposed to that type of music. Um, you know, I liked uh, heavy metal stuff like Van Halen or U2 or whatever. And U2 is not heavy metal. You like but... Van Halen? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I got into the scene and into the movies and then into the music. And then I bought a bunch of stuff, right? I mean, I was a perfect example of that where I'm like, huh? What is this stuff? I like it. Wow, this is awesome. And for a while, I was buying everything I could, you know, on a CD and and, uh, and playing it and really getting into it. And it's still on my iPhone today, you know, uh, when I'm out yeah, and buying it. And, and yeah. Meanwhile, uh, I would deal with comments like, you know, man, we don't want to be a moto bro band, you know, 909 and sideways hats. And, we, we, we don't want to be known as just some dumb moto band. And I'm like thinking... You guys are fucking idiots, you know? Like, we have fans. And and to me, Mm -hmm. my whole motto is, if you're in a band, I don't give a shit who's listening to my music. You know, like yeah. if you're a photo head, you're you're a figure skater, whatever. Right, right. It doesn't matter if you're a fan of the music. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not. It's not like we're trying to navigate into one specific sport or or type of person to like the music. You want everyone to like your music. Doesn't matter who you are. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. That's my theory. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, let's get into it, shall we? MotorTripleX.com uh, is that the website? By the way, that is the website. Okay. So go there, people. Check it out um, and uh, support. Check the out all the check out all the shit that we don't have. Oh yeah. Well, you and everybody else. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. Let's uh, let's dive into this first selection. Uh, we'll play a little bit of it. Come back on. You tell us who it is, what it is, what video it's from, why you like it, blah, and anything else you come up with, all right? All right, go. Jordan, what, uh, who is that? What is it? And uh, why'd you pick it? All right. Well, I got to say, I really fucking love that song. And, uh, and it, it goes so good with that section. And that is uh, the band Wizzo. And uh, they are from uh, Germany. And it's a, it's a great tune. And, and it's so funny because, look, when we put that out in the first video, people were tripping out on it because... It's sung in German, right? Yeah. So there's not there's not any 
English being sung in there. And uh, it's so funny. I swear to God, back in the day, people thought like it was a white power song or something. Right, you know? right. And, and <laughs> it was just so crazy to hear. And, and the song, by the way, is the complete opposite of that. And uh, But that music just went so well with the... Uh, with the segment, and that's that's, segment. A, that's a moto that's a moto triple x one by the way and that's moto triple x one absolutely and uh and i'm like really proud of that whole segment because i flew out to brian swank's house by myself and that was the first solo film trip that i ever did and everything that's filmed in that entire segment is filmed by me and um you know when you see your work uh, come out in a movie like that, you're just super pumped. But yeah, you know, back to back to Wizard. Wizard was a band that we knew from uh, that was on our label, Fat Records, and uh, we had previously done. I don't know if we previously or we would go on to uh, do a bunch of uh, touring with them. We played. We did some tours in uh, Japan with Wizzo and another band, High Standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys are just a lot of fun. And uh, I don't know that song. That song kicks ass. Yeah, yeah, good guys and everything and all that. Um, uh, absolutely. And and once in a while, I still uh, contact Axel and uh, the singer, and we're in touch with them. I don't I don't know how active their band is, but right. I think once in a while they'll still play like some festivals over in Germany and uh, you know make it to some different spots. But um, you know that again, it just takes me back to. Uh, Swank's house, filming with the Sahad uh, of Troy team, and uh, you know Gene Newmack original goon writing. I mean the goon writing that Gene Newmack pulled off back then was just yeah. legendary, you know. Yeah. And it makes you think about you know maybe like a Ronnie Mack of today or something. But but Newmack, he was pulling it off back then. Yeah, and, uh, he was. You know, so many good times at Swank's house. And and those guys just fucking around and uh, Jeff Glass being out there, Mike Brown, Larry Ward, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and, and who the fuck knew like back then that those guys would end up riding for Team Motor Triple X. So yeah. uh, all right, obviously I miss Brian Swank a lot, and uh, he was just so much fun and a good dude, and obviously absolutely legendary on a motorcycle and uh yeah that sand track that he had yeah it was, I it was gnarly. It. yeah, yeah I, I tried to ride it I, I couldn't even do a lap around it <laughs> it was pretty gnarly all right sounds good here's uh here's the next one up uh, it's a little bit of a slow burn here
All right, Jordan, that's uh, Guano Apes. Open your eyes. What video is that from? Uh, so that's from Crusty uh, 2000 Millennial. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I, I really like that song. And obviously it's not like a super punk rock song, but um, I, that that chorus, when the chorus kicks in on that tune, I, I think that chorus is super strong and rocking you know the the uh, the verses are are pretty cool too and i didn't know a lot about that band uh-huh. and i think they have a an absolutely terrible band name guano <laughs> <laughs> apes yeah, yeah what I, I don't know what that is i mean not that there's amazing band names or whatever but right. it's no van halen that's no sure. no, no um, absolutely not uh Crusty guys, did you know them well? Did you get along with them well, or was there like a rivalry with those dudes? You know, we we always did, and it was interesting because uh, Kurt was a snowboard filmmaker, and and John was a snowboard filmmaker. So you know, Kurt Haller and John Freeman. So Kurt was making his snowboard movies, and John was making his. So they knew each other from back in the day. And, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. We we were both making our first movies at the same time. And, uh, you know, theirs happened to come out, I think, maybe, I don't know, a month or two ahead of us or something like that. Yep. But, uh, yeah, overall, um, it's funny because in the early days, like, rivalries kind of did start to happen a little bit, you know. And yeah, people yeah. talking smack or whatever. And, and somehow or another, we always or I feel, maybe other people feel differently, but I feel that we, we always stayed, we always managed to stay neutral with everyone. Yeah, everything was all right with that way, yeah. So, and it's cool, and uh, and, and currently I'm still friends with John Freeman. He lives uh, he lives just a couple miles from me, and uh, we've, been, we've been doing a couple mountain bike rides together and stuff, and actually uh, Baba came out here and was at Freeman's house, and me, John, and Baba went went out to dinner and uh, hung out. So, uh, cool. Yeah, it's all it's always been cool, and and I think we always respected what they did with their movie, and you know, maybe a bit envious, maybe a little jealous, you know, the all the attention that they got, and and there's so many people that know Krusty that that don't know Motor Triple X, and uh, you know, so it's cool. But we we just kind of went a different route, right? They they kept on making crusty, 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 you know, and I think they went to like crusty twenty. <laughs> yeah. it's like, I mean, we stopped at Moto Triple X six, and and uh, you know, one of one of the reasons I think we stopped is just, it was just getting so played out. You know, mm-hmm. the whole Moto movie scene was just getting ridiculous, and uh, but yeah, again, we uh, we definitely had respect for them. And, uh, and 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 got along with them. So uh, they they did. A, there's no denying what they did for the whole motocross scene and how they blew up, and or the freestyle motocross scene, whatever. All right. You know, yeah. we just happened to go a different route, and we took all our money and started this race team for you know these two amazing, brilliant guys, Brian Swank and Brian Deegan. By the way, too, um, it's an old story now, but I did the complete oral history of the Moto Triple X team. Uh, I was on it for a year with Nick Way. It's under uh, on PulpMX.com. It's under uh, MX History. You can go there and read it. It is, uh, 
It was pretty comprehensive. Jordan, I got, I think I got just about everybody, the good, the bad, the ugly uh, from the entire team. So, yeah, it was a really good story, really fun story to uh, put together. So, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, and you can, uh, you can also find that story on our website uh, on the homepage, scrolling across the top. There's a, a link to that. And, uh, you know, while, while you bring that up, I, I, I know I have uh, – I've thanked you in the past for that, but holy shit, that, that story is just such a great tool. Uh, you don't understand how many times I've linked people to that story to, uh, you know, to, to read about us. And I tell them, like, it's a long-ass article because yeah. we did that. And there's, there's so much stuff in there that I'll read back on and just go, like, it's mind-boggling, like that that we pulled this off, and we we had all these people ride for us, and yeah, it's pretty it's pretty wild. And you know, it was all me. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right, next uh, next up here, let's go into this one here. Jordan, well, who is that and what's it from? Oh, man, what a great band. Uh, that's uh, Snapcase uh, from Buffalo, New York. And, uh, you know, they, they were uh, a hardcore band. And I don't know, I, I just think they, they had such an original sound for, uh, for you know, the hardcore punk rock style that, uh, that came out of the East Coast. And... Um, Shit, that song, I mean, if that song doesn't make you want to bob your head and, uh, you know, uh, pull off some uh, hardcore slam dancing and punch some people in the face, I don't, I don't know what will. What, uh, what video was it from? So that video is uh, Moto Triple X3, It's All For You, and uh, that song is the, uh, the opening song for the video, and... Uh, you know, I, your opening song—it's like a first song on your on your album. Yeah. You know, I always make comparisons to uh, you know Moto and music and back and forth and stuff. But I think it's just like it's just crucial. You know, it's it's uh, want to have a powerful tune that really gets people going, and 
I think that song definitely nailed it. And uh, there's a lot of cool shit through that first segment. You know, it's kind of the overall stuff, like, of what you're going to see throughout the video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that song just has a really good driving force. And, you know, if you listen to uh, the singer of, uh, of Snapcase, it's like, I mean, it's so unique. It's weird. He has, like, a – it's just a very um, – monotone uh type of singing right it's like super different like his voice never uh changes pitch or anything it's always that same pulsing uh monotone kind of sound i don't know it's cool they they had their original sound and uh mm-hmm. we, t- we took snapcase on tour all throughout canada uh back in the day and we had some uh we had some really good times with them so yeah good all stuff right. all right next uh Next song, here we go. Mommy's Little Monster Social D. Uh, what video is that from, Jordan? Uh, that's from a, a, a true classic. <laughs> it's, from, it's from the movie No Respect. And okay. uh, I don't know who does or doesn't remember that video. but I, I do not. Yeah, I do not. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's uh, Is that Kurt Russell? <laughs> no, no, no. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll, well, that's another one. Okay, okay. Uh, but, now, this one was uh, with uh, Larry Lankoggle and, and uh, Brian Deegan. And uh, wow. I, forgot, I forgot the guy that produced the movie or, or whatever, but uh, it was no respect. And holy shit, I, I, I flashed back on that movie, and it is ridiculous. I mean, Deegan looks like he's like 12, no tattoos. And, uh, and Link and those guys are up to no good. And during that segment, uh, they stole uh, the guy's rental car and just thrashed the shit out of it. And, you know, mud whomping in, getting stuck in the mud. And uh-huh. you, know, you got Deegan's little uh, signature laugh and chuckle in there. And, yeah, that movie's uh, hilarious because, obviously. How were they affording Social D music back then? I question that. I would like to. I'd like to see some books on that. You know, I'm going to go with. Uh, they definitely went with the uh, "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" program. Right, right. Um, I uh, I met Mike Ness a couple of times. Once at Anaheim, uh, he was at Anaheim, and then um, 
once I met him, I was staying in Newport Beach with Red Dog and uh, this guy Garth that worked for O'Neill Surfwear, and he knew him. He knew him. And, uh, yeah. Tarlo, yeah. So uh, I met Mike Ness. Uh, he was walking on the boardwalk, or he was something like that where we just said hi, and I shook his hand and whatever. Seemed like a nice guy. So. Yeah, well, the uh, the thing with Social Distortion for me, it's obviously an old-school punk rock song, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I am an old-school punk rocker. You know, I started going to shows in 1980, uh, so, you know, not to date myself or whatever, but oh well. And, uh, yeah, I was seeing Social Distortion play house parties in Hollywood, and uh, so, you know, I've known Social Distortion from the early days, and and back then, I was collecting punk rock shit, and mm-hmm. uh, I collected all sorts of, like, set lists and flyers, and, and I have all that stuff. Like, I've got, like, so much punk rock history, and I do have uh, set lists from, like, 1981 with Social D, and, uh, you know, they were they were just a great band back then, and, and uh, you know, they stayed their course. And there's only a few of the bands that came out of that scene that blew up that, you know, actually mm-hmm. like stayed, stayed their course and kind of, you know, became big bands. And, you know, I think of immediately would be social distortion, bad religion, no effects. And, uh, you know, some of these other bands could have pulled it off to that level, but they broke up, had so many member changes. They right. come back, they do a reunion, they, chase metal music or you know like instead of staying their course on punk rock and and you know yeah it didn't work where the those other three bands i named they 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 stayed their course and they're still huge today uh yeah Uh, yeah i saw i saw social d in tiny clubs and house parties and and um, you know they're they're obviously a, a legendary band from the scene. And uh, yeah, I, I met Mike uh, once or twice or whatever. I knew their original drummer much better, who was uh, influential to me in my drumming in the early days. And uh, yeah, great band. Um, and uh, again, what's the video called? Link Hoggle and Deacon. What's it called? <laughs> Mine's well just called Link and Deacon. But uh, yeah, I was called. Uh, uh, no respect. No respect. See if you can find that one, folks. Uh, yeah, I, I fucking whipped that one out of the hat. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. I like that. Uh, Fly <laughs> Racing, Racer X Podcast with Jordan Burns Soundcheck and, and Motocross Video Punk Songs. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Uh, by the way, uh, check out Fly Racing at your local dealer. Go to motorsport.com and look at what they've got. They just uh, released some limited edition Evo stuff. Uh, it's really, really nice. And, of course, they got a line of gear that will suit uh, everybody, whether it's uh, uh, lightweight, whether it's breathable, whether it's uh, you want some Enduro stuff, a little bit heavier. Flyracing.com. Please check them out. Full line of Formula Helmets as well across the price range. Same great safety features, though, as, as the regular Fly Formula Helmet. Thank you to Renthal and Maxis. Thank you to Motorsport.com. Anything over 79 bucks is free shipping. OEM and aftermarket parts. Uh, Motorsport.com. You ever order from Motorsport, Jordan, for anything over the years? You really should try. 
I do. I do. All the time. All right. Fantastic. Motorsport.com. Also, please uh, check out Koba Links. It's a lowering suspension link from everything from Aprilia to Yamaha, built in Boise, Idaho. It's American-made, American company. Use the code PULPAMEX to get free shipping and a percent off of the order. Gain some confidence. Get some better plushness. Get your bike working better if you are a shorter stature person or if you, uh, your wife or girlfriend, shorter stature, and they want to have a little bit more control over their motorcycle, then check into a Koba Links and uh, see what you can do. And use the code PULPAMEX while you're at it. All right, Jordan, here is uh, the next one up. Here we go. Uh, that what uh who is it and what video is it from so that is an old band called uh glass eater who we met um from strung out taking them on tour um i i can't remember what your may or may not have been but uh they were uh, a band out of um out of i think Texas or or maybe Florida, mm-hmm. and uh, they were on uh, they were on a label, Fearless Records, and I don't know that song has such a good groove to it. The chorus rocks, uh, the verses are rocking, and I think that music goes with that video segment really good, which is out of Motor Triple X Six, and uh, that segment happens to be up there at uh, Castillo Ranch. For the uh, we called it the Motor Triple X testing grounds at that time, and uh, you know that segment's got all of our a bunch of our riders in it. We, we got Kyle Lewis, uh, Dave Castillo's in there, and um, you know Larry Ward, Larry Ward number ten on his 250F, and we got Mike Jones, and and uh, yeah, anyone that's familiar with Castillo Ranch knows that. Um, you know, it's it's a badass um, facility up there, and uh, so the obviously the uh, the gnarly thing about that segment is or was uh, Dave Castillo's crash on that giant giant whatever two hundred foot jump. Yeah, and uh, 
he basically pulled a Seth Enslow on that uh, on that jump and went huge. Came down, his whole front rim uh, crushed, or the spokes broke, and went over the bars, and he got you know life flighted out of there. Oh, and, it was uh, that bad? I didn't know he. Uh, I didn't know it was life flight. Wow. Okay. Yeah, actually, and I I think you can look up uh, Moto Triple X Six or Dave Castillo or or whatever on uh, on YouTube and you can you can see that crash. I mean, it's it's gnarly and uh you know, I think there's footage of him going away in the in the helicopter maybe a little bit uh in the hospital as well, but um you know, Castillo Ranch is is famous and there's been so much stuff done up there and so many teams and everybody have have tested up there at the uh mm-hmm. at supercross track and um another fun fact about Castillo Ranch uh, speaking of motor triple X would be and and it's funny to let this out of the hat right now. I mean, not like people don't know, or maybe they don't know, but when we filmed uh, when we filmed Moto Triple X One out at Castillo Ranch, and uh, we filmed with uh, Mikel Pachon, and I don't know if you remember that section, but we called it the South of France. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was not the south of France. Right. It was the ranch. Yeah. But everybody thought we went to, to France because it was Mikel Pachon. So uh, some fun facts about that is I would be traveling on tour, and we would be in France and other places, but people would tell me uh, how awesome that section is, and they know where that track is in France. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, okay, got it. <laughs> and we'd be dying laughing. And it was funny because, like, you know, we, we filmed that first movie on a, on a small budget. So mm-hmm. it was just funny because all these other people were, you know, we knew they were making films. And uh, we just came up with our own title for that and called it The oh, South of France. And everybody thought that whole segment was filmed in France. What, uh, for the Castile jump, do you remember the specifics of it as far as, like, was he? He went long, obviously, but was that the plan? Was to jump that far, or like because it was kind of a fadeaway hill, right? The hill was going down, and yeah. But like, so, a, what was the ultimate? Was it like, hey, I'm just going to jump super far, or did he misjudge something, or what? Yeah, I don't know exactly what happened because okay. you know the other guys are jumping it. Uh, you got Mike Jones jumping it, mm-hmm. Kyle Lewis jumping it. And, you know, they're airing it out, and I don't really know what went south. I'm I'm kind of just attributing it to, uh, you know, the wheel field, the front wheel field. Yeah. He went that big, and the way he came down and landed, and it just blew the spokes apart, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, an unfortunate crash, and, and I guess he was lucky not to get hurt worse than he did because, obviously, mm-hmm. Dave was alive and well, and, Doing good. As far as we know, so, anyways. As far as we as know. As far as we know, yes. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get so, into it. You know, one more little thing about the band, um, Glass Eater. Uh, it was just really cool. They were cool dudes, and and I thought, we, you know, that music went really well with the segment. It's got a, a really good drive to it, and I'm sure, like, there's not many people out there that you know that know the band Glass Eater, but hopefully it'll give a little revival. I'm pretty sure they have a. Uh, They've got a current 
um, Instagram, Glass Eater Official. So uh, maybe drop on there and say you heard it on Motor Triple X. All right, next one. Here we go. That is uh, Six Feet Underground main event. The main event. Long before the main event moto podcast, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm not familiar with this gentleman, but, uh, you know. You're not, we've never heard of this guy, no, right? The no, second, the second no. The second of this band, he's kind of a rock star. Um, good song. Good band. Good song. <laughs> but, yeah, Six Feet Under by the main event, and uh, I I really like that tune. I, I got to admit, and I would tell um, that that guy Daniel Blair. You ever yep. heard of him? No. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like your other guy uh, that you guys asked if you've ever heard of him. Yeah, never uh, heard of him either. Or the, or uh, a Kenneth yeah. Watson. Or a Kenneth Watson. Never. Never heard of Kenneth Watson either. No. Absolutely. We'll we'll give a little comment about that too, but. Uh, uh, the music-wise, uh, I've listened to that song so many times. I, I've told Daniel back in the day that I just really love that song. It's got a killer chorus, and, uh, and it's it's super driving, and I think it fit really well in that movie, and that movie that it's from would be On the Pipe 5, made by the, um, the infamous uh, Jay Schweitzer. And, uh, you know, Jay's got a lot of history with Moto Triple X. He was a part of uh, the Moto Triple X movies back, I think, four, five, and six. And, um, you know, he filmed that segment, I think, up in Reno. And 
I don't know. It's a, a badass uh, freestyle course during the segment, you know, and you got riders like Dustin Miller, Drake McIlroy, um, you know, Bo Bamberg, Adam Jones is in there. And, uh, yeah, and by the way, Dustin Miller and Drake McIlroy rode for Motor Triple X. And um, so, anyhow, uh, the tune is really good. And it's funny, you know, how Daniel and his brother Vincent were – you know, have always been trying to get this band together. And uh, at some time and point, they they finally got the band together, right? And uh, and then you, you remember who became their uh, official or unofficial manager? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy, Kenny Watson. Yeah, I don't – how did that work out? I don't even know. <laughs> he took him to the top. What well, do you mean? Got him. Out? They did play the Knitting Factory in Hollywood one time. I know that. I was uh, there. I was there. Were you? Okay. Yeah. 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 Kind of you a know, kind of a famous yeah. venue. Kind of a famous <laughs> venue. And it's so funny. Like when you watch a band, and you can listen to them on a CD, and then you watch a band live, and you know it's a, it's kind of a hard task being a front man of a band and and being that guy and being entertaining and mm-hmm. knowing what to do and how to act and blah 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 you know it's it's not easy and um it was just really uh it was fun to watch you know Daniel Blair try and pull it off and uh you know we did shows with them I think we played together at the the Hard Rock Cafe out by the pool, like Carrie Hart put something on, and it was like main event and strung out. And so we, we they got to play with us a couple times. But, um, you know, back, back to that song, it's just really interesting because I, I think Vincent Blair writes everything, and he does the recordings and, um, and does – I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but I I think, you know, all the drums are uh, programmed. But, you know, Vincent is really musical and creative, and he he has the knowledge with all the Pro Tools and stuff like that to to make a great-sounding production. Mm -hmm. Because I think the production on that song is really good. And, And you have to think about it. Like, back in the day, there was bands that spent... So much money on their recordings to get you know a good sound so uh i've always thought that the production on that song is really good aside from the song being great but um yeah like a, a good tune right daniel yeah, blair yeah, yeah i agree who knew He's still doing it i think daniel blair just uh released some new music today of some cover song or something that, that yeah, uh i the, just kind of took a little glimpse at that from the movie rad yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, let's go. Let's next one up. Oh, my God. 
Jordan? <laughs> yes. That would be uh, pulley, I guess, but it's really not pulley uh, because that is in reality, which is uh, the name of that song. Uh, that is all me, 100%. So uh, I wrote that song, and I played all the instruments on it, oh. and I sang on it. And um, it just flashes me back to being in the studio with the band. And uh, I had wrote the music to that song. And Scott, the singer, was just like, no, you do this one. And I'm like, what? And, uh, yeah, so I ended up doing everything. I wrote it, played guitar, played bass, played drums, sang. Wow. Uh, wrote the lyrics, which... Uh, you know, unfortunately, probably ring true today because it's here's a little story about a lazy old man. And uh, so, uh, but yeah, uh, that's from uh, Terra Firma 4 with the uh, Brian McGavern section. And uh, I can remember, you know, we, back when we used to go to uh, trade shows, I'm mm -hmm. sure you remember the indie trade shows. Yeah. And uh, which we had some. Really good times at those. Uh, but we were at the premiere for Terra Firma 4, and uh, we're standing there watching, and obviously it's packed house, and and that segment comes on, It's and it's me. And I'm like, wow, what the fuck? I, I had no idea that. Uh, oh, that, really? That, you didn't know? Uh, no, I had no idea that they used the song because – they obviously uh, licensed it or whatever through, or if they, I don't, or maybe they didn't, uh, but you know through Epitaph, I'm assuming. And um, yeah. I, I didn't have any idea that I was in there. And I was standing there watching with uh, with Kurt and Eric and going, "Well, you know, this is my tune." And then it's funny because that song got a lot of attention and ended up being in. Uh, some different things, and I, I remember seeing it on the uh, on being used in the X Games and uh, some other stuff. And I just always felt that it was really cool. The bummer was that I just never got the credit for it. It just went on to be a pulley song. But if you listen to that album, which it's off, which is uh, Sixty Cycle Hum, that was the second pulley album that we made. Uh, you will definitely notice a big difference in the uh, in the vocals, you mm -hmm. know, like from Scott singing to, right. to me singing. So uh, yeah, but uh, you know, of course, I was like super pumped to see my music and, and something that I wrote and and played on uh, in a moto movie like that. So it would go on to get used in a bunch of different other moto movies and stuff. But um, yeah, that segment was really cool with. Uh, you remember Brian McGavern? Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Because he was a badass, and you remember he was he was kind of touted to be. Uh, he was, yep. you know, a, a fast ass top supercross rider at the time. Yep, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what happened to him. I'm sure he's around today, but uh, these... he's got a he's got a step down in that segment. That's just sick. It's. It's so badass for the time period, too. And uh, he just drops off this cliff, and you're like, holy shit, that was sick. Are the uh, are the checks still been rolling in for that song for you? Oh, yeah, yeah. all the time. <laughs> uh, 
Actually, you know what? I, I have one right here that I, I, I didn't open up. You want, you want to know the, the big bonus? I wonder what it could be. What, what could it possibly be? Should I open it, open it during the podcast here? It's yeah. Just, it just came in yesterday. How do you know it's from them for that song, though? Or how do you know? Uh, because it's uh, from Epitaph. Oh, oh okay. Actually, this is just uh, the record label part, not the publishing, oh. which, which is two separate things. So here we go. I just opened it up, and uh, yep, 127 bucks. Nice, nice. So that would be for what? What would that be for? Those are like uh, those are like record royalties from the label. Okay. Uh, yeah, trying to get into. Uh, oh, I know, right? Uh, that type of stuff was just a whole completely different conversation. <clears throat> Absolutely, uh, poor musicians. All right, next, next, next one up. Here we go. Who's that? What's it from? So that would be uh, the old school band known as AFI. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that movie is from, uh, I mean, the, the song is from the movie uh, LBC Chrome. Have you, you ever heard of yeah, LBC? That's Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said this to you the other day, and you loved it, uh, uh, Mike Russell. Uh, I would think I, I think I was getting Kurt Clovis and Mike Russell mixed up. Uh, Dude, I love that when you when you busted that out on me yesterday. I was, I was I laughing. Oh, Kurt yeah. Russell, I'm like, yep, that's him, Kurt. Kurt Russell, yeah. And then I watched the beginning of that movie, and I'm like, you know what? I mean. Kurt Russell is in the beginning of that movie, just in his pimp outfit and, yeah. and getting his uh, Cadillac or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My bad. I, I actually went to a party with, that he put on one time. Um, I don't know where it was. It was up in... Um, Wait, Mike Russell or Kurt Russell? No, Mike Russell, LBZ. Okay. Yeah. All right, just clarifying. Um, yeah. I forget where it was. It was, um, was it in Corona? I think it was in Corona. I don't know. Uh, well, he did many, of course. Yeah. Probably somehow, whatever. I don't know if it was his or not. But the whole club rubber scene. Yep. And and all of that. But, um, but yeah, so uh, <laughs> pretty funny that uh, you know LBC came along and and obviously uh, made a big statement and impact with uh, with their baggy clothes and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And, uh, yeah, Daniel Blair wore LBZ and Supercross. 
Daniel Blair did. Do you think he's proud of that, or does he accept it? Or, or well, is he I, I, ma- I make sure he never forgets it. That's for sure. <laughs> I do. I do well in making sure that he never, never forgets that he wore LBZ in, in the race with a belt. He had a belt on yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, it was it was definitely interesting back then. And you know, it's um, that uh, that segment for the song was uh, you know they're out there in the sand dunes or whatever, and you know I think they got like trigger gum and DJ Sweeney and uh, Turtle Weisskopf. If you remember, if you remember any yeah. of those guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, uh, uh, so, you guys, so, yeah. you guys put, uh, yeah. you guys put Birdwell, you guys put Birdwell in Triple X too. That was a claim to oh, fame yeah. that I had. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Ty um, used to, Ty and you used to stay at my house here with Watson. I never stayed in your house. I went there a, few, a couple of times uh, with Bird. But I never stayed there. But that was the Watson days uh, when he worked for Birdwell the year before. I bet. Um, yeah. Well, uh, you know, that's it's sidetracking a little bit. But holy shit, those those early times when Watson lived here with me and Billy Joe Mercer and oh my god, this house was out of control back with uh, yeah guys like like Birdwell and Ray Crown Myers yeah. Lance Hill, like yeah. a lot of. Old crew, Deegan, Paul Curry, uh, you know, like everyone's just showing up over here and just out of control parties. But uh, a lot of fun times. But uh, back to the segment, um, AFI was, you know, they were just an awesome punk rock band back there. And uh, we knew the AFI guys, and uh, we toured together with them once. It was. Uh, AFI strung out and the offspring right around the time the offspring was like really starting to break and go big. Right. You know, uh, you know we played some, some big shows with them and stuff and, uh, self-esteem and all that when that, that hit, yeah, that was huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the offspring went on to go and sell, you know, 50 million records or whatever. I mean, the, the singer owns, uh, jet, you know, jets, yeah. And planes and stuff. So uh yeah. yeah, they they went on to be one of the bigger bands in the world. But um but yeah, AFI was just so interesting because, you know, they were like kinda that, you know, East Bay punk rock, you know, from like San Francisco area. And uh they were on Nitro Records, which was the singer from the Offsprings label. And uh, you know, Nitro supported our team, so did Epitaph and Fat Records, which I think we were definitely the first team being supported in any shape, form, or fashion by record labels. And um, was that an actual know, was that an actual cash paying sponsor? Those guys? It was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So you know, I mean, it, it wasn't like huge money, but it was definitely big money from a record label back then. Yeah, I, yeah. I, th- I think they were giving us uh, five grand each. And not only that, but they all gave us the CDs because, you know, we had those compilation CDs that we were throwing out to everybody along with our Motor Triple X compilations as well. Causing a lot of problems in the pits? A lot. Yes, (laughs) a lot. But, God damn, so many good times. And, you know, that was one of my jobs. I I just stirred the pot, and I, I always wanted to 
caused the trouble and indeed the shit that was like you know that they didn't want us to be doing right right um, um but yeah it takes me back to uh to afi and it's so interesting because at some time a point in their career i think they just decided we're going for it in a completely different uh fashion you know we're changing our music style mm-hmm. I, I swear to god i think they started doing uh choreograph rehearsals and 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 working with like lighting companies and whatever because suddenly they came out swinging and they had a completely different show like like hey we're a fucking professional rock band and uh you know they signed to a major label and i think their their music changed dramatically like if you listen to that song or you listen to the AFI today, uh, you know, it's just it's just night and day difference. Yep. But um we had a lot of good times back then and uh you know, it was uh, a good tune. Right. Uh, and a good movie by Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, here we go. Your last last one for you. <laughs> Classic there. Good riddance. Last Believer, yeah. Moto Triple X won. Yeah. I mean, holy shit. That, that song's so good. It is. I, it is. It, it's just so driving, and I, I don't see how you can't listen to that song and be just bopping your head and grooving because uh, it, it's just got that drive. You know, you, you hear it in the kick drum. You know, the kick drum's just driving the shit out of the beat there. And uh, and it's a ripping song. And I think it went with that segment uh, so well. You know, you got uh, you got Kyle Lewis in there and Deegan and Huffman. And uh, once again, like, who the fuck knew all, all of those guys would end up riding for Team Moto Triple X. I, I always trip out on that shit. You got... Uh, Turtle Weisskopf in there again, rest in peace. I know that he passed away a few years ago. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, Good Riddance was uh, just another band from Fat Records and uh, from uh, from Santa Cruz, California. And I don't know, I think that that's a really uh, infamous song from our from our soundtrack. And for sure, you know, I, I, I dig the lyrics. Like you know, black and white, we're all the fucking same. 
You know, it's like yeah. it's got good message in there and stuff. And, uh, you know, Good Riddance is kind of a, a political band and stuff. And, and they're still cranking it out today. Oh, and, are they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, okay. Yeah. So they're, they're still playing. I think they had a period where they broke up for maybe five years, but uh, they're, uh, they're back strong. And, uh, wow. yeah, that's definitely for sure one of my favorite uh, Good Riddance songs, along with a, another one called Steps. Steps. That's Steps. another great good riddance song. But um you know, another another great pump band from the scene that's uh that's still cranking away and uh yeah, like we said that was from uh Motor Triple X one and uh another good tune. Now those are your songs that are gone. Uh we just went through them. They're all a good choice. Some great picks in there. I have three of my own that I can't <laughs> believe you didn't put in your list three indispensable 90s moto punk songs that I think are amazing and I listen to all the time. And so uh, three of my own here on yeah. the Fly Racing Racer X soundcheck. Here's the here's first one. Here we go. All right. called strung out if you can ignore the poor drumming in that song um we can get you know we can get through it um how do you say it? how do you synomino villains uh oh the song somnambulance somnambulance yeah what uh, what's the story behind that one well uh well it's an interesting pick for you and and you know i it's just so weird for me, right, being in my shoes or whatever. And uh, obviously, like, when, when you asked me to do this, I'm um, sure I could have picked a song from my band. And, and my, my my initial thoughts were like, you know, why I'm not looking to promote my old band anymore, and especially through the motocross scene. Uh, you know, and I don't know if that is or isn't bitter or whatever. It's not bitter. It's just like I feel like I didn't have to. Am I proud of the music that we made? Absolutely, you know, and uh, that song was definitely another uh, driving song. You know, it was during the segment with, um, I think, with, uh, what, Mike Craig and Andy Harrington. And uh, who else was in that segment? I can't remember, but it's a good segment at, um, fuck, what's that famous area in San Diego oh, called? Palm Avenue. That was Palm, yeah, I think. Palm yeah. Avenue. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and then we and then we all went to uh, Andy Harrington's house for his uh, 
18th birthday and got a bunch of hookers over there. And yeah, unfortunately, we, we weren't able to show all of that the real footage <laughs> of what happened at that party. But, uh, you know, I, I remember back in the day, like when when Parts Unlimited picked up our video, we had to like edit some part, some things out for them to for for them to pick up the video and sell it. So, um, but um, you know, back to the band. Uh, Was that a more popular know, I, song for you guys? Was that? I think so because yeah. it came off that album, which was Suburban Teenage Wasteland Blues, which just had its. Uh, 25 year anniversary, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty crazy. And uh, but I, I would say that that album in general was definitely the most popular and the biggest selling album for for the band. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that album sold somewhere around. Oof, I think uh, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 180,000. Is that was that song any difficult to play drum wise? Anything different about that song for you? Anything? No, not not necessarily because it's more of a of a mid tempo song compared to like some of the other songs that are just wide open at you know two hundred plus BPM beats per minute, and uh, you know so uh, a song like Gearbox or Better Days uh, that's just wide open the entire song. It's more difficult to play, and uh, you know, we. I think back to when we made that record. Our goal was just play as fast as fucking possible, and uh, and I think we achieved that. And that's one of the things that people uh, really liked about that album. You know, was the the speed. Um, you know how technical it was, and uh, obviously the, the the melodies and everything. And 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 the song that you picked, Somnambulance, there. You know, it's got a, a really killer vocal mem- melody, you know, and, uh, you know, the singer was, you know, if I can give him any props, uh, you know, as as a singer, a songwriter, um, you know, he was just super creative, and especially with the way he worded things and his lyrical content and stuff was like, I think pretty pretty different than a lot mm-hmm. of the other bands that were out there. So you know the whole package put together um, is what helped with our success. All right, next up.
Lag Wagon, Violins, that's also on Triple X One. Um, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, Triple X. It is uh, South of France. Yeah, that was South of France. Okay. <laughs> South, South of France section. Um, uh, definitely one of the bands that little more mainstream. Lag Wagon. You know, I feel like a little bit. Um, you agree? I would. I would not consider them mainstream at all. You know. Well, I don't mean so... mainstream, but I mean more mainstream than underground punk band. Like they, they seem like, like if you know some, if you're like trying to be cool, you like you know Lagwagon and No Effects. If you're trying to be like, you know, get some street cred with punk people. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm. I, maybe right. I don't know what I'm talking well, about. Well, I. It was really tough for me not to pick that song in my choices uh, because I think it's just a fucking great song. And uh, and it's, again, you know, maybe I use that word drive, but it's really driving. And it, it went so well with the, uh, with the riding footage back then. And, uh, you know, Lagwagon for the band, albums. They just wrapped up a tour recently, I think, um, in these weird touring times. But uh, but yeah, uh, definitely definitely a great band. And uh, we we did touring with those guys. One of our uh, early tours was us and Lagwagon. We did like six weeks or longer, something like that. We went all over Canada. We went to Europe together. Holy shit, we went to Finland together, the one and only time that our band made it to Finland. Mm -hmm. We were on a a 15-hour ferry ride that was just so fucking out of control. It was ridiculous with both of our bands being on that ferry for uh, for, uh, 14, 15 hours back in 1995, out of control. Um, all right, last song. I can't believe you uh, you didn't pick this one either. Just cannot believe it, but uh, here we go. Jeremy McGrath, Steel Roots.
Face-to-face, disconnected. Come on, Jordan. Come on. Well, holy shit. You know, there's so much good music to pick from. And, yeah. and obviously, that's a... You know, it's a, another legendary classic song by a great band, Face to Face, and and um, you know they've got so much good music and so much good tunes, and and uh, so yeah, when when you were telling me that that was going to be one of yours, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's another good one, but when you're when you're given ten choices. Uh, it's hard to pick because there's so many killer bands out there. I mean, look yeah. at how many bands we didn't mention yeah. you know, uh, with with great music. So, um, you know, with Face to Face and, and that movie Steel Roots, uh, you know, it makes me immediately think about how uh, Ken Roxon recreated that, you know, like they... Mm. Remember they did that recreation, yeah. that yeah. segment? Yep. And uh, Roxham rode the 250 year McGrath bike. He, uh, he definitely made up for a Showtime video, Jeremy did, with Steel Roots. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, you know, go back and watch that Showtime video and you'll see what I mean. Uh, um, do you know the but, guys from yeah, Face to Face? Did you tour with them ever? Oh, yeah, we did a, we did a lot of touring with, with Face to Face. God, all they, the guys are great. And um, they're older. You know, they're older than you, I would think, right? They've been around a little while longer than you guys were, or no? I don't think too much longer. Okay. Uh, maybe by uh, maybe by two years or something. Oh, like okay. That, All right. I th- no, I thought more than that. I thought it was yeah. yeah. But n- I don't think too much longer. And uh, you know, they've created some awesome music. And uh, you know, I got to give a shout because uh, they've got my favorite bass player. Pretty much ever. Actually, they got two of my favorite bass players. But Chris Shiflett, um, you know, is uh, not Chris Shiflett. Sorry, that's his brother. Scott Shiflett Mm -hmm. uh, is a bass player in that band. Holy fuck, he's such an incredible musician. I, I hate kissing his ass or whatever, and he knows it. But his bass playing is just, like, mesmerizing to me. He's so good. And, uh, you know, um, Matt, uh, Matt was the, uh, Matt was the bass, the original bass player in the band who, who went on to go and play with, uh, no use for a name. And, uh, he's an incredible player too. I, I was in a, uh, I was in pulley with him. He was on the first pulley album. Okay. And, uh, he's also a great player, but yeah. Um, so taking that back to, uh, that recreation, of uh that that Ken Roxon did um you know Wes Williams was involved with Red Bull and stuff and I played the middleman on that whole connection of making that song happen again for the movie and uh you know getting the music rights and everything and getting those guys on board and getting their publishing done and stuff I I played the middleman to make that happen of course People was it hard done. or was it hard to do or no? It was okay. They were cool. It wasn't too bad actually because uh, the band was on board. And I remember we played a New Year's Eve show together with Face to Face. And and if you watch that segment, because I, I filmed it, uh, I filmed Trevor doing a little interview. And uh, the little interview got put into the segment at the at the end of that video with you know trevor saying that they were stoked to be a part of terra firma and this new this new thing and and uh i think wes was 
really stoked on that kind of piece. It was like a, a nice closing ending piece for that uh, mm-hmm. for that segment. So, uh, but yeah, you know, face face, great band, great music, and uh, you know, I, I think I think they'd be stoked that the legendary uh, podcaster from Pulp MX. It's one of his favorite songs. It, it, it really is. I was gonna. I could not find the Ragdoll song from Seth Enslow uh, um, from Krusty One. I couldn't find it anywhere. It was a probably honorable mention for me out of my three. But uh, and that's a cool song. But I, I think it's more. I think that's more of a cool song because yes of the segment, not because I agree. I agree. That's an amazing song. I just I have that segment burned in my brain as a kid watching it and rewinding it and going back and then just, yeah, just iconic. Right. So let me ask you this in your opinion, in an honest opinion, if, if crusty demons didn't have that Seth crash in the movie, would it have made a difference in how big they were or weren't? Yeah. Great question. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. I mean, I I think that's what everybody was talking about, right? Um, so, I think the answer to that question is a hundred percent. It made the difference, right. you know, because yeah. no one had seen a crash like that, and it was just so ridiculous and out of control right, and right. evilish, and you know everything and like that. Like they, it, it's just. It was a win for their movie, and mm-hmm. no no one else had a crash like that. And, uh, yeah, I think it was a huge uh, selling point. And, you know, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, it was big. It was big. Um, absolutely. And, and, you know, Seth is a legend and everything he did after that. And, you know, we were, we were fortunate enough to get him in uh, – you know, he filmed with us and stuff, and it was just interesting because you had, like you said, you you talked a little bit about the rivalries, and we tried to stay neutral in that shit. So, you know, we we had writers that were in both movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Really, really fun to do. Uh, good choices by you. A little unexpected too, which I liked. Um, and so that was cool. Um, really special time in our sport for sure. And, uh, and you were part of it, um, with the videos and the team and, and the music. Uh, I thought the idea, because I, I made a playlist on my phone for mountain biking and and I just called it nineties punk. And I put, I don't know, you know, whatever, 15, 20 songs on it. And and that's what got me thinking like, man, these are such good songs. And, And I just was like, I, you know, I'm like, I don't know much about the bands, or the songs, I just know I really like it. I know it takes me back, which is what music is supposed to do. It takes me back to a special time in my life, and I knew that you were quite up on all this stuff, obviously, not not to mention in the bands for two of the songs that I, that I like. Um, so, yeah, thanks for the time, Jordan. Uh, I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, well, it was, uh, I think it was a lot of fun for me to flashback to, and, and, you know, at one point I was maybe hesitant, thinking I wasn't going to, like, remember or whatever then i decided to do some homework and and uh flash back on the movies and 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 check out some of the segments and make some notes and and uh and and then yeah it ended up being a lot of fun because there's so many good memories and stuff and and everything that we did and 
And, um, you know, everything that we've uh, accomplished as Moto Triple X and, uh, and all the other movies, too, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the bands as well. And, you know, but I, I think that you would agree, and I think I've heard you make mention of it several times in, uh, in your show, which I'm a listener of. And, uh, you know, but that you've said the Moto Triple X one soundtrack is just, is just epic. And I flash back to, like, it being favorites for, like, Ricky Carmichael, and I, I swear to God, even James Stewart, when he was a little kid, he was, like, totally into the Moto Triple X soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so it's just cool to think about, uh, you know, the impact that we made with, with what we did and stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, while we're not making videos today or, and doing all that, because I just feel like it's so played out anyways, and you could get whatever content you want free online uh you know but uh, i'm just kind of stoked to have the brand back to myself and to know that people are still interested in motor triple x and stoked on everything we did in the past so i'm stuck in the 90s still and this was a great flashback uh to the 90s awesome man well thanks for doing the fly racing racer x podcast sound check appreciate it jordan and uh, i'm sure we'll talk down the road man thank you awesome See ya. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.